What's up, everybody? This is the Capital Crossover Podcast. This is your host, Kyle J. Andrews. Uh, joined here with Jack Skolnick, and I'm here with Jordan Teixeira. Of course, uh, you know, first podcast. We've been talking about this for a long time. Been trying to get it going. Uh, you know, just introduce yourselves and let's talk about it. All right, I go first. Like he said, Jordan Teixeira on the mic. Um, Lifelong Wizards fan. I used to have Wizards season tickets back in the day when we, you know, it was a short thing to almost make the playoffs every year. Uh, but I had to let those go as reality slowly struck in um, once we kind of saw John Wall's career die in front of us. Um, but nah, like he said, we've been in a group chat for a while talking about the Wizards. I actually don't know too many other Wizards fans, so it was cool that, you know, both these guys fan of the same team. We going through the ups and downs together. And we, I mean, we did so much talking in the group chat. It was like, yo, we might as well make it a podcast, get our thoughts out there, be able to decompress after tough games, tough seasons. Um, Kyle, I feel like I met you maybe about six years ago. I was still in college when I met you. Yeah, it was a minute ago. It was like, yeah, you were still at UMD. I was at... Uh... Dang, was I? I was at community college just a minute ago. Yeah, I was at CCBC. Yeah, you know, in Catonsville. You were at UMD. Uh, you know, some of our other boys in our other group chat. Of course, we all we all know each other. That's how we're all connected, anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. So Kyle and I back in the day, we we used to. I mean, we pretty much wrote together. Uh, we was doing a lot of sports stuff together. I know we was doing, I remember we was doing the, <laughs> the NFL preseason um, training camp previews. That's going way back. Um, but the way I met Jack is a little more complicated. I feel like I just met him through friends of friends. And then we got connected that way. So I'm going a, I'm to a segue into it and, and let Jack introduce himself. Yeah, man. It's your boy Jack at Jack.season. You know where to find me. But uh yeah, it's good to be here with the boys. It's kind of interesting because we, except for except for Tex, we pretty much all Baltimore-based. You know, we from around the town, you know, big Ravens fans, all that good stuff. But, you know, when it comes to basketball, it seems like everybody in this area kind of has their own team because, the you know, Baltimore doesn't have a team. So when you're kind of talking about things, you know, when the Wizards come up, my ears perk up a little bit. I seen Kyle's ears perk up a little bit, and I seen Tex's ears perk up a little bit down the line. So I was like, there's my guys. There they go. There's my uh, my true Wizards fan. So good to be here with the boys. I met, funny enough, I met Kyle randomly. He pulled me aside at the bar one time. We was lit. We actually wasn't lit. I don't know if we're allowed to say that on here or not. I mean, but, uh, hey, look, is is we're having fun on here. We might as well. But uh, but Kyle pulled me aside and like I recognized him. He's like, "Are you Jack?" Right? I'm like, "Yeah." We just started talking. He knew some people. I knew some people. And, uh, you know, started following him on Twitter pretty much immediately, you know, saw how, you know, in tune he was with all the sports shit. And I was like, I know this is ready to be my, uh, be my guy when it comes to the sports talk. So definitely glad to be here with Kyle. And then Tex, my man Tex Money, like you said, came along a little bit differently. Um, just kind of friends of friends. But we clicked, you know, we clicked pretty, pretty quickly with the wizard shit. Quick, clicked pretty quickly with some other shit. And we're here now, man. That's definitely our... Uh, if y'all know us, you know that this is one of our favorite talking points, the Wizards. So we had to stop talking to everybody else about our bullshit. We just had to bring it all, you know, bring it all in one circle. So we're here for it now. 
Yeah, yeah I know. Let, me, let me jump in real quick because you said Kyle walked up on you at the bar. See, for the people that don't know Kyle, right? Kyle, what you you six seven, right? Yeah, I'm six seven. <laughs> that's, that's, on a on a drunken night, that might be a scary sight. So I'm just saying. I think what it was, why I wasn't, why I wasn't intimidating is like I said, like I knew who he was. So when I hear like Jack, like he just, I, it was like a yell out like type of deal. Like I think I was like walking by, he was like Jack. Yeah, it was, was up, like, up Towson. Yeah, it, it was, was up Towson. Yeah, I, was, I remember. I was. Crazy. It was across the street, and I was like, "Hey, yo, Jack," and he was yep. like, "Jack was like, yeah." I'm like, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you. I know you. I seen you on Twitter. You, you know Taji, right? And I was like, yeah. And and for all those who don't know, it's like Taji is our boy, works for the Baltimore Banner. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, I just yelled out to Jack. I was like, yo, Jack. Jack turns around. He's like, Kyle. And I'm like, yeah. We get to talking, and I was like, yeah. Let me hit you up. And so ever since then, me and Jack known each other for a minute like it's been like five six years too yeah i think that was like that like 2016 if i remember correctly yeah that's where i started going up to those bars so it's probably right around then yeah back back in the towson days i don't run around towson anymore i'm too old (laughs) for that i hope not we a little old but you know (laughs) but uh yeah man here to talk that good wizards basketball gonna i think the one one thing i wanted to add that we didn't touch on is i think that the three of us are good uh good for wizards twitter because we don't pay as much attention to wizards twitter like we'd be watching the games and and know what's going on but i feel like wizards twitter always swings one way or the other and i feel like we're a good uh you know good stable factor of kind of all over the place you never really know what you're gonna get you're not gonna get a stereotypical you know fuck ted fuck you know fuck ernie type of podcast we feel that way we also look at things in a little bit of a different lens so i'm excited to see what uh what we can bring to the table for wizards fans and that and that's the biggest thing like based off of everything that's been going on this season, I mean, prior to the season starting, I think this is a significantly better roster than what they had in the past. So I can't complain as much, like, as I would have. But at the same time, I'm kind of skeptical, of course. I mean, you got to be. They haven't shown us anything in the past, I don't know how many years, (laughs) since Wall was healthy, like we said. And, you know, everybody always points to, well, Russell Westbrook, he came in. They had an okay season where they made the play-in. And I'm like, the play-in means nothing to me. Until you make the playoffs outright, until you make a make a second – like, you at least got to get into the second round for me to actually think, okay, this team is relevant. And until they do that, I, you know, I got to see. But, like, I think they have a nice start as of right now. And um, I don't know what you guys think about them bringing in Monty Morris and, you know, Will the Thrill Barton, another Baltimore cat. Uh, of course, bringing him over from uh, from Denver. I mean, I thought that was a good move, but I'm excited to see what they do. And of course, KP, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, you know, his health is going to be premium for them. If, if he's not healthy, this team isn't going anywhere. We already know that because, you know, as, as great as I think, I think Gafford could be a very good player, but, you know, I think he's limited talent-wise in comparison to KP. Like, if KP can't be healthy, you know, I that team's not going anywhere. But if he is healthy, they'll be, they'll be a pretty decent team, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that I, uh, I'll throw it over to Tex in a second. I think the one thing, one caveat with what Kyle was saying about this team is, like, is this team realistically going very far? Probably not, right? But 
I've kind of gotten to that point in my life where it's like I can't keep being a downer on every little thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the Wizards are clearly not going to be a good, be good, and I know that. But one thing I have to, you know, I'm kind of trying to re, you know, reestablish my thought process is this is by far, you know, since Wall left, right? This is probably one to ten, probably the you know, the most like cohesive, you know, well put together team that they had. That doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. So don't, you know, don't jump on my neck. But, you know, this team, they tried to be more, you know, depth oriented last year and it clearly didn't work. I, it seems like this team, even though it's only been one game, just when you look at how everybody's, you know, style is, when you look at, you know, their past, they, this seems like a team that can function a lot better than the Wizards have in a couple of years. So, Tex, what you got? Hey man, uh, I feel like in our chat, I don't. I might be usually the most pessimistic, especially about how our front office operates. So I wasn't completely thrilled in the off season about the draft decision to take Johnny Davis, and so far, I'm I've been proven to be correct in my anger. But we, you know, it's still early in the process. We only one game in, so we're gonna see what the young man can do. But talking about that Will Barton trade, bringing him and Monte Morrison, I think that was great. Um, I don't know why Denver decided to allow us to steal some death like that. But, hey, we'll take it. We'll take the low-hanging fruit. Um, looking at the roster and looking at the season outlook, what I'll say is if the team can stay healthy, and that's saying a lot after just watching last night, Denny went down. Um, we was already in the game without Kispert out there. The report came out today that Porzingis was he's dealing with some kind of knock. So, I mean, we already got guys banged up after game one. Um, but if we could keep the majority of our guys fresh and healthy through the full 82, I'm going to make I'm going to make the bold prediction right now. I think we're going to get one of those eight spots in the east. I'll say that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see it. But like, I mean. Like I said, health is a, at a premium. I mean, I think number one, two, we got to see, we got to see Bill take some leadership. I mean, you got all the money in the world. You got to take some leadership. You got to be a guy that's going to be available every night. The I mean, best ability is availability. And if Bill isn't available, then, you know, this team, like I said, just like KP, team isn't going anywhere without Bill. If they don't have Bill at, his, at the top of his game, he has to play elite basketball all NBA basketball, if he does not do that. And I'm I'm expecting to see better things from him defensively because he can't be a turnstile. He was looking like a traffic cone most of his career playing defense. I mean, he was he was a net negative every multiple nights on a defensive side of the basketball. So we got to see better from him. I think Kuz, he needs to continue to keep having the trajectory that he's having. I mean, Kuz is playing lights out when you need him to he's been playing that point forward role which I really like um he's been crashing the boards and you know of course like you want to see Denny healthy you want to see Rui in there you want to see Kispert Kispert being out already I mean like you said Tex like I don't know man that that's not that's not ideal I mean that's another first round pick that I'm like when they picked him I'm like all right is they keep picking these guys that are supposed to be ready-made players, you know, uh, players that established teams will pick. You don't pick a Johnny Davis if you're the Wizards, right? You don't pick a Corey Kispert if you're the Wizards, but that's what they've had to work with. And I thought Denny was a, Denny to me was a great pick because it was like, okay, you got a developmental guy. 
you got a guy that can do multiple things. But, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll see. I think that they're, they're – it's just – they're just drafting scared. You know, it's kind of just – like, it's – you kind of just kind of got to take – you know, take it with a grain of salt at this point because it's like Kispert was fine last year. You know, he's clearly – Kispert, funny enough, out of all the guys who – who, you know, they've drafted in, in this, you know, like high floor type of thing. Kisper was looked at as the worst. And last year might have played outside of Denny, you know, a stretch from Denny, might have played close to the best out of all of those guys when it came to just being available and doing, you know, playing his role when he did play, you know, knocking down shots. I, I think that, you know, once they get him back, like like I was talking about, me and Kyle were talking about before we started, it's an interesting second unit. As everyone knows, if you watched the game yesterday, Wizards won 114 to 107. We're recording on October 20th, by the way, on Thursday. The Wizards, they beat the Pacers by seven points. I, I thought it, it could have been more. I mean, I don't I don't know how you all felt about that game, but uh, you know, I felt like they could have pushed past that. You know, with that being said, Bradley Beal had a strong performance. I mean, 23 points, nine for seven shooting, five re- rebounds, six assists. And uh, I mean, he, he looked... He had, a, he had a hell of a game. I'll, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He played within his game. He did exactly what he needed to do. And not to mention, he wasn't pressing. And that's something we've seen Bradley Beal do in the past. We've seen him fumble the ball off of his foot uh, in the fourth quarter multiple times over and over again. But uh, he didn't do it this time. So big props to Bradley Beal. Kyle Kuzma had 22. He also had – he went eight for nine, 19 decent and i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing from Kuz. of course 13 rebounds double double um you know between those two how did you all think they performed and then uh of course chris epps for zingas had uh yeah 15 but he was hobbled a little bit by injury uh yeah man i think like uh, you know we kind of touched on a, a bunch of this stuff early just because we were so excited to talk about it but getting into the meat of potatoes i thought that brad like i said earlier is one of the you know bigger you know Bradley Beal critics I thought that he, you know he he played as well as he should have played last night right you know he's, he had 23 points but you know we know him as a three-level scorer 30-point guy but I'd actually prefer to see what we saw last night from Bradley Beal he was deferring a little bit he wasn't pressing he was letting the, the shots come to him he was making the plays that he need to put, needed to make and he was kind of you know working off of you know what he could get from the rest of his teammates I think that with Brad you know, this team will kind of function as much as, as we talked about earlier, as much as like a Kristaps Porzingis or Kuz is giving you, right? If Brad has to, if they're not giving you a whole lot and Brad has to press and, and take, uh, you know, take everything, um, you know, onto his shoulders, you know, it's kind of a, a you know, a different, a different team. Whereas if you're getting a 25-point game from Porzingis, a 20-point game from Kuz, Brad doesn't have to press as much and he's deadly when he's, you know, making, knocking down the shots when you forget about, about him a little bit. Um, Kuz is coming into his own. He's turning into, you know, the, the player that we all thought that he could be. It just kind of, you know, took the right situation for him. And I think he found it in D.C. Um, you know, he, he played as well as you could. He shot well, rebounded, was all over the place like he kind of is. He's a little sporadic at times for me, a little too sporadic at times, uh, just with the IQ shit and the way that he functions. But, you know, you'll take the you'll take the the goods with the with the small bads, in my opinion. And then. One thing I do want to mention about Christos Porzingis that I would notice last night is Christos Porzingis is not some like dynamite defender, right? He's not some, you know, all defensive team type of guy, 
But when you have him anchoring your defense at 7-3, it changes so much defensively. You can get away with so much more. You can get away with having Bradley Beal not be a good defender when you have Christoph Porzingis in the middle. So I think that that's going to be very important for them. They've had, you know, Gafford in the middle, more foul prone. But with KP able to, you know, to, to influence where the ball goes and block shots, that's going to be important for them. He didn't shoot it very well, um, but I think that'll come around. I think you know that you're going you're gonna to get a much better shooting Christos Porzingis moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I agree with pretty much everything both of the fellas have said so far. Um, the one thing I do want to say about Brad is I don't know if y'all stuck around to watch uh, his post-game interview like right after they walked off the court, but he kind of acknowledged a lot of what we're saying. Like he said, like, you know, this is one of the first times he's felt like the roster is in a place where he could have an off night and we will be okay. Um, and that, I mean, like we said at the very beginning, like we haven't been in a position to do things like that since, you know, we had the original cast with wall around. Um, so it's good to see a roster where we have depth, where Brad doesn't have to play out of his mind night in and night out. Cause if you look at his shooting percentages last night, it wasn't all that great. I mean, he gave us enough, but it was really the supporting cast that pushed us to the point to be able to put up 114 points and get a road win. Um, one guy I do want to name that hasn't been brought up. Actually, two. I'll go with two. Um, Will Barton and and Gafford. You mentioned Gafford, uh, Jack. But Will Barton and Gafford were actually the two that I like what I saw from the most last night. And looking at the stat sheet, if you look at Will's numbers, they're nothing crazy. And his field goal percentage is actually kind of bad. But it was just the energy that he brought off the bench and the threat that he poses. I feel like we haven't had that. I couldn't tell you the last time we've had something like that coming off the bench. Um, so, like I said, going back to that Denver trade, I think I think we got a steal, man. And I'm excited about it. Um, just fingers crossed that we can stay as healthy as long as possible. But real, I, I liked a lot of what I saw last night besides of how we closed the game. Yeah, I'm kind of geeked when you uh, when you said, number one, we haven't really had anything uh, coming off the bench like that. First name came to mind was uh, Jordan Crawford. <laughs> that was, that was like the first time. First guy the I could goat. think of. The GOAT. Yo, Jordan Crawford, he was that guy. But on, on sometimes, sometimes. But, um, yeah, just, just going back to this team, I think they, you know, well-oiled machine to an extent. I think it'll only get better, too. You know, my biggest thing is, like, I when I saw Monty Morris come in yesterday, I thought he was playing fast as he was playing way too fast sometimes. Like, I mean, we all had this conversation. I'm like, man, Monty Morris is out there just flying around and you just need him to slow down. And that's something I didn't necessarily expect from a veteran point guard was to be flying around like this and not like changing pace. Um, now, I think that also has to do with like he's coming into a new team. This is a system that he's familiar with, too. So he's expecting, all right, everybody will play to his speed. And I think that was another thing, too. Like, he's not used to having guys that might not necessarily, uh, you know, understand his point guard style. It's still they're still coming into it. So I think this is, you know, slow. But when it comes to DeLon Wright, I mean, DeLon Wright was he was hooping. And I mean, when I'm here hooping defensively, he was he was good. I like what I saw from DeLon Wright. He's a big, big guard. He's going to get in your face. He's going to get in your grill, play play tough defense. So, you know, between the point guard position, I think they're in better, significantly better hands than they were when uh, 
you know, Dimwitty was trying to run point. I don't know what he was doing at sometimes. I, I mean, Dimwitty was. I don't Not know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I it's, it's I'm glad Kyle you brought it up because you know Tex brought up brought up Barton and Gafford. The most impressed play, you know, I we brought up KP Coos and Brad just because they're the main, you know, the, the Washington big three, quote unquote. Uh, but the guy that I was by far most impressed with was Delon Wright. I think that it's it's clear early, still early, that Delon Wright is by far the best point guard on this roster, in my opinion. Um I have a, I'm a little bit concerned with Monte. It's early, obviously, but like I, it's just there's not enough net positives. There's a, there's a net push, right? There's not a whole lot of negatives with Monte Moore's on the floor, but I think Delon opens up the game more. But at the same time, it might be better to have Delon right running with that second unit because they're not as good, you know, on the defensive side. But Delon right was everywhere, man. He was, you know, he's playing defense, you know, pass, you know, swiping in passing lanes. He was running the offense. He was. You know, getting, you know, attacking the basket, you know, moving the ball to Gafford, all doing all sorts of things that we've never, we haven't seen it from a point guard, you know, backup point guard in Washington. And who was the last good backup point guard we had? Antonio Daniels? That's you know, nasty work. That's a, that's a minute ago. Um, yeah, the, the OG AD. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. But um, I was, ve- I, you know, DeLon Wright's kind of like one of those guys where like when you think about him and he's not on your team, he's just like, oh, he's just another player, just a bench guy, role guy. And I've been hearing whispers that like when he's on your team, you love him. Right. He's like a very like does the little things, you know, has a lot of size. And I was as soon as I watched him in preseason, I was like, this is this is a, a basketball coach's favorite player to have. You know, DeLon Wright, I feel like is probably, like I said, the best point guard on this roster. But he might be better suited to play in the second unit. He did finish the game also, which I didn't want to leave out. DeLon Wright was the point guard that closed the last eight, you know, seven, eight minutes of the game, um, you know, bringing that size and defensive, you know, perspective onto the floor. So I was very impressed with DeLon Wright. Hey, I just want to jump in real quick to answer your question, Jack. I think probably the last point guard, backup point guard that we could be proud of. I don't know if y'all remember this name or not, but Earl Boykins. Way back, man. Yeah, the Wizards. Don't Boykins is on the team, bro. <laughs> they were. That's when they were winning ten games. Earl <laughs> Boykins. And Earl Earl Boykins might be. Now that I think about it, it's it's crazy to me how short that dude was, and he just was out there. He was bouncy too, low key. I mean, I guess you gotta be bouncy if you're that short. How bouncy can you be at 5'3"? Why are we talking about Earl Boykin, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. That's, yo, Tex, Tex got us going down hey, the that's my fault. That's my fault. We never <laughs> <left> the hole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I'm trying to go up. I mean, Thrill, obviously, like, we're, you know that this podcast is going to have a lot of love for Thrill regardless of what he does. You know, he. I think that I talked about it briefly on Twitter this morning, but it's like if, if Thrill can, can carry the scoring load, you know, this is one of the better second units that the Wizards have had in a couple of years. Not that that's saying much because, you know, the, the Westbrook and Wall teams didn't have much of a bench. But I think that Thrill is the key to the bench unit, and I think that he should stay there. I think that he should be that sixth guy who can come in and just get buckets off the bench because that's what he that's what he wants to do. You can see when Thrill's out there, he's going to try to score. And that's better suited for the second unit. If you have Rui who can, who can give you, you know, 15, 20 points a night, not 20 points, but 15 points a night, you have DeLon Ray who's going to, de- you know, defend. You have Gaffer who's going to block shots. Kispert's going to come back. It's an interesting second unit. So, shout out to Thrill. I think that 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if Thrill was the more important ad in this Monte trade. I'm gonna be honest early. I know it was a Monte, it was a trade for Monte, but yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think number one will. I mean, when it comes to the six man, I, I just think uh, you know, when when is the like you said, when was the last time the Wizards had this? And we're joking around talking about Jordan Crawford and Will Will Barton. I mean, if you played on some of those teams with Jordan Crawford. Uh, I mean, or some of the teams early on with, uh, you know, with Wall and Beal. I mean, shoot, he would have been cooking off the bench. Like, what, what would it, what would the need be for a Paul Pierce? Be, I mean, if if you have a Will Barton, I think Will Barton fits that role even better, coming off the bench, giving you veteran leadership, a guy that is, you know, a, a consummate pro, and I think that's something that they've been lacking on the bench for quite some time. Um, you know, a guy that's been there, done that, been through the playoff wars, uh, things like that. And I, and that that's no slight on some of these other guys that they have on the bench. Cause I think like we talk about Daniel Gafford all the time, Daniel Gafford had, he had, I mean, damn near as perfect of a game that you could ask for from a backup five. I mean, he had 12 points in 16 minutes, six for eight. I mean, of course he, he played, he played exactly how you needed him to play. And I like that combo of Gaff and Will Barton. Will okay. Barton wants to feed Gaff. It's like they played together, like you guys said. I mean, we said this in the group chat. It's like they've been playing together for years at this point. And if they could keep that connection coming off the bench, I mean, watch out. Watch out all for their, their bench unit. I want to cut in real quick, and then I'm going to throw it over to text. But I'm glad you brought Gaff. Kyle, you've been reading my mind, bro. But uh, I think that Gaff, I almost think that Gaffer is underrated, fellas. And I think that... When they brought him in, there wasn't very high expectations. Gafford played well, played well with Russ, and he, you know, he outplayed his his status. You know what I'm saying? I think that that kind of, you know, made people, you know, underlook him, overlook him, whatever the phrase is. And people were like, "Oh, this is our center for the future. This is our center for the future." Blah blah blah. And he started a lot of games last year, and it was clear that he was not the guy, right? But then you throw him back in that backup role when he can play behind Christos Porzingis, and look what you get. You have a, a consummate high quality backup center, which is what Daniel Gafford has always been. I just think people, you know, pushed him a little too far into that starting role. He didn't really live up to those expectations, goes back to the bench role and you, you're back with a very high quality backup center. Once again, thank you everyone for listening to our first show. This is Kyle J. Andrews. Jack Skolnick is Jack underscore S-K-O-L-N-I-K. And JTEX knows, of course, that's Tex. You can follow us at the Capital Crossover Podcast. That's Cap Cr- Capital Cross Pod on Twitter. Thank you for listening to our first show. And hopefully there's many more. I mean, I, we've definitely enjoyed this and Thanks. Have a good one, guys, and go Wiz.